As the Senate prepares for Ken Paxton's impeachment trial, new questions about impartiality. If money has changed hands between you and somebody who's involved in the impeachment process, it would be a good idea uh, to recuse yourself from the process. How political donations tied to Paxton have some people raising concerns. A Texas congressman pushes to block funds from the government department in control of border policy. The question is whether or not we're going to fund a government that's going to actually do its dang job. He's calling on the Biden administration to make major changes. Why his demands are leading to a budget battle. A bright orange barrier in the Rio Grande, now the focus of a legal fight. We look closer at the court challenge and why the judge's decision is not likely to be the last word in this case. Donald Trump fingerprinted and booked. How Texas politicians are weighing in on the accusations against the former president. Produced from the Capitol in Austin and airing statewide, this is the award-winning State of Texas. Hi there, and thanks for joining us. I'm Monica Madden. I'm Ryan Chandler. The impeachment trial for suspended Attorney General Ken Paxton starts in just over a week. Right now at the Capitol, the Senate chamber is closed to the public as they transform the chamber into a courtroom. The usual legislative layout reconfigured for trial, including a witness stand and desks for the lawyers prosecuting and defending Ken Paxton. Proceedings are scheduled to begin on September 5th, and we're getting some new indications of who could be called to testify. That's right. This week, the Dallas Morning News obtained confidential lists of witnesses, and topping the list, Paxton himself. House managers plan to call him to testify, as well as the woman he allegedly had an affair with. Paxton's lawyers previously said that he will not testify. Also on the list, Nate Paul. He's the real estate investor at the center of many of these impeachment allegations. On the other side, Team Paxton reportedly plans to call two senators. One is Paxton's wife, State Senator Angela Paxton, and the other is Brian Hughes. The Mineola Republican was mentioned in the House Articles of Impeachment for his role in a case involving Nate Paul. In another development last weekend, a judge turned down an offer from Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick to help preside over the trial. Former Republican appellate judge Mark Brown said that he donated $250 last year to Ava Guzman, one of Paxton's opponents in the Republican primary. He worried that the donation could raise some concerns about his impartiality, but among the state senators who will vote on Paxton's fate, a lot more money has changed hands, and they have not applied the same standard. Campaign finance records show Ken Paxton's jury wasn't impartial in his last election. In the 2022 Republican primary for attorney general, Galveston area state senator Mays Middleton donated $300,000 to Louis Gohmert, the Texas congressman who tried to unseat Ken Paxton. There is no basis for replacing someone on the ballot who wins the primary and then is even indicted or convicted. Across parties, San Antonio Senator Jose Menendez donated $1,000 to Rochelle Garza, Paxton's Democratic opponent last November. And Midland Senator Kevin Sparks donated $2,500 to Paxton himself. If money has changed hands between you and somebody who's involved in the impeachment process, it would be a good idea uh, to recuse yourself from the process if you really did want to remove even the appearance of any kind of bias. In June, the Senate's presiding officer, Dan Patrick, accepted $3 million from Defend Texas Liberty, a group that's campaigning against Paxton's impeachment. The money trail has some watchdog groups calling for stricter standards. Everything that's happening right now, although it doesn't look good, it's legal. 
What we need long-term is a legislature that says, you know, enough is enough. We need to keep the money away from these important decisions. Patrick has maintained since the beginning, the trial, while not a traditional judge and jury, will impartially weigh the evidence. The citizens of Texas can count on the Senate of Texas to have a fair and just trial. We reached out to Lieutenant Governor Patrick, as well as all of those senators whose donations we found. Senator Menendez told us that he won't be commenting on impeachment matters. None of the others responded. The story grabbing the most headlines this week is Donald Trump getting booked at a Georgia jail. The former president faces charges that he conspired to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. Lawmakers and political candidates across the country are taking sides, voicing either opposition or support for Trump. And Texas politicians are weighing in with their own opinions as well. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Republicans looking to beat Donald Trump, grappling with how to talk about the federal indictments the former president faces. To stop normalizing this conduct. And, and I know, look, I know. behavior and illegal behavior, way, Chris, and you as a prosecutor way, should know yeah, better. Yeah. Some Texas Republicans knocking Trump for not appearing on stage despite qualifying. Uh, this country is starving for leadership to carry us forward and not look backwards. You know what I think leadership is? Actually showing up to the debate. Another missing candidate from the stage, former Texas Congressman Will Hurd, who did not qualify but had strong criticism of Trump in an interview last week with Nexstar. He wouldn't be facing any of these things if he would have just done the right thing and, and not tried to break the law. He lost the election in 2020, and he tried to overturn the will of the people. And this is just more baggage uh, for Donald Trump that's going to cause him to lose if he's our nominee. Leaders like Governor Greg Abbott not going as far. We, we just want a Republican president. I know that the country cannot suffer four more years under Joe Biden. Senator Ted Cruz has been the most outspoken of Texas congressional delegates on the indictments, dismissing them as hypocritical. Every time something bad comes out about the Bidens, they indict Trump again. This is so obviously a double standard. This is a double standard driven by a Department of Justice. Democrats and critics of the former president haven't been as outspoken on the indictments, with congressional leaders deferring to the judicial branch for the process to play out, but reiterating that no one is above the law. I caught up with Dallas Congressman Colin Allred this week, who is also one of Senator Ted Cruz's Democratic challengers for the Senate in 2024. Here's what he had to say about Trump's latest indictment. Multiple prosecutors and multiple grand juries have reached the same conclusion. Uh, that in the events around the last election, Donald Trump broke the law. He'll have a chance now in front of a jury of his peers to make his case, and that's how our system works. Uh, but I was there on January 6th. I was about 50 feet away from Ted Cruz when he objected to the results in Arizona, leading uh, to us splitting up, and then eventually the mob interrupted our proceedings. Uh, I know how close we came to losing our democracy, and I take it very, very seriously. And I think there, have to be, uh, there has to be accountability. For Donald Trump, we may see that over the course of these cases. Texans have not been pulled on the latest indictments the former president faces, but a June Texas politics project poll shows Texas voters are just about split on how they feel about the former president in general. 48% polled found him unfavorable, whereas 44% still view him favorably. The battle over border buoys lands in a Texas courtroom. The arguments to remove the barrier and how the state is responding to keep them in place. Go do your job. 
Our job is to use the power of the purse to force change. A Texas congressman wants to block funds from the government department in control of border policy. Why he believes a budget battle will lead to change. The fight over border policy is turning into a budget battle. We've told you how a group of Texas Republicans in Congress is pushing to block funding for the Department of Homeland Security unless the Biden administration makes changes. One key demand, removing Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Congressman Chip Roy is leading that push, and he spoke to News Nation about what's driving that call for change. You've said that you want funding for the Department of Homeland Security to depend on conditions that you say need to be met at the border. Can you yep. explain what you believe those conditions need to be and how holding up funding would help to solve the problems we're seeing? Yeah, I mean, the question isn't about, you know, government shutdown or not government shutdown. The question is whether or not we're going to fund a government that's going to actually do its dang job, actually secure the blessings of liberty, secure our country, restore sovereignty. Right now in Texas, my state, my people are under assault every day. I get pictures from ranchers in South Texas every day. I get another story of a little girl, a migrant in the sex trafficking trade being held in a stash house in Fort Worth, Texas, for example. I get those all the time. We have our own people. I had six kids die from fentanyl poisoning in the school district in which I reside. Well, we certainly that know continue. absolutely the challenges, but defunding uh, the Department of Homeland Security, how does that help? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not talking about defunding Homeland Security. What we're talking about is saying, if you want funding, do your damn job. Look, the power of the purse is what the House of Representatives has. Why should I give another dollar to that smirking son of Alejandro Mayorkas, who sat there and lied to me under oath and is lying about Border Patrol agents and is allowing Texans to die. I shouldn't. So I'm going to attach strings to that money that says, do your job. I'm not going to go give him a blank check. The, the Republican Party cannot campaign on border security and then walk away from their core responsibility to use the power of the purse to force the executive branch to stop it carrying out tyranny against the people they're supposed to be leading. So you use that power of the purse to force change. That's what it's about. Not crawling up in a ball, crying, oh my God, they're going to say government shutdown. Go do your job. Our job is to use the power of the purse to force change. Congressman Roy has one other demand. In addition to what you just heard him mention, he's also calling for the federal government to pay Texas $10 billion to reimburse costs for border security efforts. A bright orange barrier in the Rio Grande becomes the focus of a legal battle over border policy. This is all done above the law, and no one is above the law, like I said, not even Governor Greg Abbott. We look closer at the court challenge over Governor Abbott's buoy barrier and why the judge's decision is not likely to be the last word in this case. A federal judge in Texas is considering whether the state's border buoys along part of the Rio Grande near Eagle Pass should be temporarily removed. The Biden administration sued Texas, arguing the state overstepped its authority. Texas claims the state needs the buoys because the federal government is not doing enough to secure the border. The judge did not allow cameras in the courtroom, but outside of the courthouse, people had plenty to say about this case. For the first time, a court considered a challenge to Governor Abbott's border buoys on Tuesday. A key question in the lawsuit, whether Texas had the authority to install the 1,000-foot barrier without a federal permit. We spent billions of dollars of taxpayer money 
on failed stunts. Ahead of the hearing, activists rallied outside the Austin District Court, calling for the buoys to be removed. This was done without due process. I mean, to get anything done down there by the river or in the river takes years to get permissions. How is this able to happen so quickly? This is all done above the law, and no one is above the law, like I said, not even Governor Greg Abbott. That argument, central to the DOJ's case, saying Texas needed permission from the U.S. Commission that regulates international waters. We also heard from a federal advisor who works on U.S.-Mexico relations, testifying that Mexico raised concerns on the highest diplomatic level over the buoys. And there are some very simple reasons why we're having to do this. The primary reason is because Joe Biden is not doing his job. Side by side with other GOP governors in Eagle Pass Monday, Abbott refuted the Biden administration's arguments. And so it's highly recognized that buoys were acceptable and not a deterrent to navigable waters. Assertions that will be up to the judicial branch, and Abbott has vowed to take the buoys to the U.S. Supreme Court if necessary. The judge asked parties to submit written closing arguments by 4 p.m. on Friday and said he would issue a ruling as soon as possible. Now joining us now is Jeremy Wallace, politics reporter at the Houston Chronicle and San Antonio Express News. Thanks for joining us, Jeremy. Jeremy, you were also in federal court with me earlier this week. What else stood out to you from the witnesses we heard from both the state and the U.S. government? Well, the, the U.S. government made the case that this is, in fact, violating the Rivers and Harbors Act, that it, uh, Governor Abbott put these buoys in the water without first getting clearance from the Army Corps of Engineers. So they really kind of laid out that part of the case that, you know, this isn't about immigration. This is about this Rivers and Harbors Act that Governor Abbott needed to get permission before putting it in. But the state has made, or the, the uh, yeah, the state has turned around and said, no, 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 it's like, we didn't need that permission because these buoys are floating buoys. They're not the type of structure that was envisioned in this law originally. So we think we can put it in there and they challenge whether or not the river is a navigable river. The Rio Grande River is the fourth largest river in North America, yet they say there's not enough you know, commercial traffic on the river to justify needing a permit from the Army Corps engineers. So that's kind of where this like fight lies. But one of the interesting developments for this, we didn't know how much the Mexican government had been upset with what was going on. They really detailed in the hearing, the federal government did, uh, they had a, a State Department official who outlined how you know, these buoys have produced three different you know, diplomatic cables from Mexico. And so there's a lot of pressure and it's kind of intruded into other Mexican US relations on other issues. Even in issues that aren't even related to the border, Mexican officials are bringing you know, American officials to a side and say, hey, about these buoys, we see this as a violation of sovereignty and we don't like it. And it's interesting, too, that was something that was brought up during the hearing. You heard the state try and bring up the politics of this and the judge mm -hmm. saying, no, we're not touching the politics on this case and even made a point during the ruling to say this is not going to be a political decision. Yeah, there's a moment where you almost expect the judge to go, no, uh, 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 not here. We're not talking about immigration because the state wanted to talk about the number of migrants coming across the border. They wanted to talk about the cartels on the other side. And the judge was like, no, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about did you comply with the Rivers and Harbors Act and did you need to comply with the Rivers and Harbors Act? That is the whole crux of this issue. If the state can't prove that they were, then those buoys are going to get pulled out. 
And so the, that's where the states can then have to try to kick this up. You see one of the arguments Abbott has tried to or wanted to, to try to make is that because he sees the state is under an invasion, his terms, not mine, because of that, he thinks he has additional emergency powers to do things that would normally supersede his current power. You didn't really hear that develop very well in the case, you know, on Monday, but it's one of those things that kind of simmering in the background that could be very important on the appeal. You know, when this goes to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, expect to hear that conversation more. Did Governor Abbott have more authority to do this and ignore that law because of this quote unquote invasion? All right, Jeremy Wallace, I know you'll be continuing to track all these developments Thank as you. will we. Thanks for coming on. From buoys to barbed wire and boots on the ground. Polls show a lot of Texans back the governor's plans to deploy more resources at the state border. The Texas Politics Project at UT Austin polled Texas voters in June. 59% said they support the border initiatives with 26% opposing. 14% did not have an opinion at all. The poll does show a divide along political lines though. 88% of Republicans polled support the policies. And that was also the case for 66% of independent voters. Interestingly, even one-third of Democrats almost supported the governor's border initiatives. A new approach to reduce pregnancy-related deaths in Texas. It's focused on treating opioid abuse. How a nonprofit is stepping up after seeing more women needing help. If something doesn't feel right, get help. Texas mothers sharing stories of surviving complications after giving birth. It's part of a campaign called Hear Her Texas. The PSA encourages women to recognize the signs of pregnancy complications and to speak up when they do have concerns. The push for awareness comes as the state health department launches efforts to reduce pregnancy related complications and deaths. And as our investigator Arzo Dost explains, a key focus is now on opioid and substance use among pregnant women and new moms. It's a special time for Megan Sheely. I've got to be a mother to my son for the first time. He's going to be 10 months old. She's a mom to seven, but says this is the first time she's been able to truly experience those early milestones. I had a lot of pain and guilt and shame around losing my other kids to the system. I mean, I started out like... Most people smoking marijuana, drinking, doing ecstasy, and and just slowly progressed to crack cocaine, cocaine, and then to opiates. Sheely, who lives in Houston, turned to Santa Maria Hostel for treatment. It's one of the largest substance use treatment centers for women, including those pregnant or parenting in the state. We're one of the only places in the state where a mother may bring her children with her while she accesses substance use treatment. The nonprofit is now expanding to Austin after seeing more women needing help. We don't wait for women to find us. We go out into the community and help engage participants where they are. For our moms, they may be scared about child welfare, and so they don't want to come in for care because they're scared that their child may be taken away. And our coaches help build that trust and rapport. Data from the state's Maternal Mortality and Morbidity Review Committee released in December, shows substance use is one of the leading factors in pregnancy-related deaths. 
contributing to 8% of deaths across Texas. Our goal really at the end of the day is to help moms and babies. That's why the Texas Department of State Health Services is partnering with hospitals on a pilot program focused on opioid and other substance use disorders. The nine hospitals, including Ascension Seton Medical Center in Austin, will be working closely with community organizations like Santa Maria Hostel to improve outcomes. It may be uh, policies that a hospital puts in place. It could be working with specific community organizations or state um, uh, programs to really help support these women, both not only in the hospital, but within the community as well. Is that a, a step in the right direction, do you think? I believe if this would have been there for me years ago, my story might have turned out different. Sheely is now a recovery coach at a treatment center and an advocate for herself and other moms. Every woman, no matter what her circumstances, deserves a chance at recovery and to be a mother. Arzo Dost for State of Texas. Santa Maria is hoping to have a facility in the Austin area by next year. And we have more information about their programs online now. Just look for the link in this week's State of Texas story. That's in the Texas politics section of our website. And thank you again for joining us this week on State of Texas. I'm Ryan Chandler. And I'm Monica Madden. We'll be back next week to bring you an in-depth look at Texas politics.